hello, and welcome to another edition of the County Conversation, a podcast featuring employees and subject matter experts from the Fairfax County government discussing programs, services, and items of interest to residents of Fairfax County. I'm your host, Jim Person, and on this edition of the conversation, we're going to talk with Jesse Hayburn. He's with Fairfax County's Health Department. We're going to talk about the July Capital Fortitude Exercise, as well as the Health Department to uh, a small extent. Jesse is with the Health Department's Office of Emergency Preparedness and Response. We'll talk about that office, why they have one, and what they do. So, Jesse, a lot of things to talk about. Thanks for being with us on the conversation. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Fairfax County Health Department, large organization, a lot of stuff uh, like restaurant inspections, Mm -hmm. uh, health clinics, many more things I'm not even aware of. Kind of 30,000-foot view of the health department uh, mission, what it is, what what the folks uh, do in the health department. Sure. Uh, The health department is a a large organization. Uh, Public health is a a large topic. Uh, You alluded to to some of that there. Um, Public health in our community really gets to everything from uh, our, our individual health and wellness up to, you know, the restaurants that we frequent and, um, you know, the, the parlors and services we receive from, from businesses uh, in, in the community, um, working with our health care providers and things like that. So the health department um, does a, a variety of things. Part of it is sort of licensing and inspection um, mm-hmm. of, of facilities that will impact our health or sanitation in some way. Restaurants are a really big one. Every mm-hmm. one of the 3,000 plus uh, restaurants in Fairfax County um, are inspected um, regularly. Uh, things like tattoo parlors and massage mm-hmm. parlors and swimming pools and all oh, of wow. these services that we use uh, on a regular day um, need to be inspected, make sure that they're sanita- uh, san- sanitary and and um, you know are protecting our health. Uh, we also provide health services to the community, um, health education to our community, and, and outreach, and making sure that people understand what public health is, and making sure that they're being connected with the the tools and the information they need to to sort of look after their own health and wellness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when time comes when you do need health services, uh, you need you know. Uh, vaccines if you're going to travel or um, your flu shot and things like that, that uh, we're providing those kinds of services mm-hmm. as well. And then we do things like emergency preparedness um, and uh, and educating our community on, on various topics that could impact their health and then the overall health of our community. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned a couple of things, pools and flu shots. Uh, you know, it, it's... Uh, that's not the top of my mind when I think, uh, you know, the the neighborhood swimming pool or the home association swimming pool. I don't sure. I don't automatically think health department, but I think swimming pool. Yeah, well, you know, um, I, I suppose it's all a matter of perspective because when we think swimming pools, we think <laughs> lots and lots of children uh, oh, who, yeah. you know, are probably not the most diligent hand washers and mm. who are, um, you know, uh, and adults, frankly, who are who are bringing in the the germs that they touch everywhere, and then they're hopping into the pool that right. dozens and dozens of other people are hopping into. Um, okay, we so, can stop uh, that. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, you got a great point. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just kind of teasing, but it was like, oh, yeah. No, sure. Well, the pools in Fairfax are are, are very clean, thankfully. Yeah. yeah. Hand washing, though, you you mentioned that. I remember many years ago, the health department, you know, kind of came up with the campaign about you know wash your hands, the hand washing mm-hmm. campaign, and had the the uh, flyers or posters put in the restrooms all the time. And I remember at the time thinking. That's the best they can come up with about how to stay safe is wash your hands. But the more I've learned, that simple act of just hand washing 
is is really very powerful. That's right. It's one of the it's uh, one of the most powerful things you can possibly do mm-hmm. to protect your health. Uh, and and in you know the centuries past when hand washing wasn't um, known to you know, be so effective and to kill the germs on your hands. That mm-hmm. was one of the primary drivers of how disease spread. So, I mean, it's it's about the best thing you can, the simple best thing you can do that's within your own power at all times to protect right. your health. Right. Yeah, I even uh, have gotten to where I carry uh, little bottles of hand sanitizer in the car. Yeah. So do I. <laughs> Good. Everyone should. So, I feel like I'm turning into a germaphobe in my older age, but it's like, well, you know, Got to do it. Yeah, you know, uh, I uh, am no spring chicken myself anymore, and and I, I felt that too. I mean, as we get older, our bodies are 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 more prone to right. to illness. Stuff, yeah. yeah. Um, department uh, off office. Sorry, office of emergency Re- uh, preparedness and response. Do you think some people would be surprised that the health department has such an office? Probably, yeah. I, yeah. I don't think it's. Uh, common knowledge out there um, for anyone who who works in the county or who works in um, emergency response or first responder agencies, it wouldn't be a surprise. Mm-hmm. But um, to the to the larger public, I, I imagine it is. Um, you know, I think it's it's important to understand that every emergency can be a public health emergency, or maybe doesn't rise to a public health emergency, but it has impacts to the public health mm-hmm. of our community. Okay. Even when you look at things like severe weather. Um, you know, uh, loss of power for any significant amount of time, which can come with severe thunderstorms. We had mm-hmm. quite a few power outages last night with mm-hmm. the, the storm that blew through parts of the county. Um, so anything from a from a thunderstorm to tropical storms, hurricanes, mm-hmm. tornadoes, all those kinds of things can impact your power, which is going to impact your, uh, you know, ability to, to get access to your health information and to go see your doctor and the food in your refrigerator, so which is very important yeah. uh, and can and can make you ill if it, if it goes out of temperature. Um, some prescription medications require, uh, um, you know, refrigeration. Point. So, um, you know, everything from power outages to flooding, which which brings uh, more vectors of disease into our community. So it's not just the sort of typical public health emergencies you would think of, like disease outbreaks and or an act of biological terrorism or something like that. It's it's really any emergency that's going to impact your your public's health in some way. So mm-hmm. it's important that the health department prepare for those things. Right. Um, so we, we are preparing for much more than than disease outbreaks, which is kind of the, the bread and butter of a health department. Right. Um, there's all these other angles to protecting the health of our community mm-hmm. um, that are going to be affected by, by any kind of emergency right. county, the county may see. When, when did this... First word that came to my mind was realization. When did this thought or or figuring out a need that there is this emergency response, emergency preparedness kind of angle with the health department? How do you have any history kind of how this came about in Fairfax County when it was like more than just kind of public safety you sure. know, agencies kind of responding to you know I'm doing my air quotes here emergencies. Mm-hmm. Sure. It, it, Public health emergency response in a in a broad sense actually, you know, goes back a hundred years or more, mm. you know, when when kind of the field of epidemiology was developed by figuring out what it is that's causing disease outbreaks. Okay. And once you know what's causing a disease right, outbreak, right. you can go and stop it. Um, you know, and you think up through, you know, even the 1900s and the the campaigns to um, eradicate smallpox and the campaigns to get vaccinations out for uh, the various diseases that have been impacting humans for, for a very long time. That was all public health emergency response. It just wasn't called that at the time. Right. Um, I think it really shifted to more of a formal 
um, more of a formal process and more of a s- formal discipline within public health uh, shortly after the 9-11 attacks and the mm-hmm. anthrax attacks that followed a few okay. weeks later. Okay. Uh, there was really a recognition that, that public health organizations actually have um, key roles to play in those types of responses. Um, but weren't necessarily formally planning to do so and, you know, weren't necessarily always working with the other first responder agencies, the emergency management agencies um, and other kind of government and community partners to be able to do that. So shortly after those those incidents in 2001, it started to be more of a formal um, planning process mm-hmm. for public health to respond to emergencies. Okay. The federal government offered uh, grant funding to start to prepare local health departments to do those kinds of things. Okay. And then since then, um, you know, at first we really were only kind of worried about anthrax and worried about smallpox because uh, anthrax was what was in the letters. But over time there was, um, you know, it sort of dawned on everybody that there's actually quite a lot that mm-hmm. public health can bring to the table in an emergency response. Uh, and so those have just kind of um, developed over the over the course of the past two decades or so. Okay, planning um, and preparedness kind of the the main main points main main parts. I mean, obviously, obviously, <laughs> you don't want to spend a lot the majority of your time responding to sure. something because that means there's a major problem or whatever. But planning. I mean, how do you how how do you plan? Planning's for... a big a big part of it. Um, so we have a, a small planning team at the health department who looks at the the various kind of what the threat landscape is in mm. Fairfax County. And severe weather okay. is the the kind of the incident that we see most frequently. Okay. But okay. there's all kinds of other possibilities as well, right. including the the possibility for terrorist attacks and things like that, given that we live so close to the nation's capital uh, and that we are a very large population center of our own. So, uh, you know, we plan by working with our partners in the in the county government, state government, federal government, uh, as well as our community organizations and our and our community residents themselves um, for for how we will respond to these types of emergencies. Mm-hmm. And then we write it down on paper. Um, but that's really not enough. Uh, you got it down on paper and that's a great first yeah, start. You need those. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but we're not because then we need to test that. You know, okay. it's great that we all sat in a Make room sure and decided that that's how it's going to happen. Yeah. But we need to figure out if that's going to work. Right. Um, so we we train our staff and our Medical Reserve Corps volunteers to be able to go do the kinds of things that we're asking them to do in an emergency response. And then we exercise those plans. Um, you know, there's a fairly significant logistical component to all this. You need mm-hmm. people and resources and stuff to to sort of respond to, to large emergencies. Um, so identifying those kinds of things, maintaining them, et cetera, mm-hmm. is a component of it as well. And then, you know, a big piece of it is um, preparing our community. So, you know, um, we should all be learning how to prepare our families and our mm-hmm. ourselves for these kinds of emergencies because that's really where it starts. We right. can come in and we can respond to an emergency, but things are going to be much better if, if our community is, is kind of already – in a position mm-hmm. to protect themselves to some extent okay. during emergencies. I want to make sure I'm going to remind you to remind me so I don't forget. Let's talk about Medical Reserve Corps sure. uh, in a minute. But, Absolutely. But, but I want to transition into this. You're talking about exercises and planning and preparing. And I want to make one of the main topics we wanted to talk about today was uh, Fairfax County holds a annual major exercise, if yes. you will, emergency kind of preparedness exercise. This year's exercise is called Capital Fortitude, but it's it's more than just Fairfax County. It's a regional 
uh, exercise. Can you explain Capital Fortitude a little bit? Absolutely. Uh, it is. About? It is It is serving as the county's kind of big annual exercise, but it's actually happening throughout the entire national capital region. Wow. Um, so, you know, that encompasses four states, Virginia, Maryland, wow. D.C. is a quote-unquote right, state, right, right. Um, and, a, and a little piece of West Virginia. Um, and within those four states, it's 21 cities and counties that will essentially be exercising the same scenario and the same responses at generally the same time over the course of four days. So uh, and that very large region-wide exercise is called Capital Fortitude. So on July 17th through July 19th, uh, Fairfax County will be participating in Capital Fortitude. Um, and at that time, every jurisdiction is essentially doing a lot of the same types of response procedures that mm. we will be exercising okay. um, during that time. Uh, the scenario in this case is a uh, sort of a region-wide uh, release of anthrax mm. and and what it takes for local governments to respond to something okay. of that magnitude. Which is not a uh, far-fetched scenario. It is not. Um Particularly given that you know anthrax has impacted this region before, mm-hmm. you know we're one of the only one of the only regions in the world that that can be said to be the case. Right. Uh, and Fairfax County Health Department did respond to the 2001 anthrax letters, mm-hmm. uh, dispensing medication. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly more more prepared to do so today than we were 20 years ago. Right. Uh, but that's why we're testing this because there's always there's always areas that we can improve, and mm-hmm. we want to know what those areas are. Right. From what little bit I know about the exercise, uh, you mentioned this is a regional, uh, but this is a a mandated exercise from the federal kind of standpoint, or maybe not. It is okay. So it's it's required of the national capital region um, as what's called a metropolitan statistical area. That doesn't what that basically means is large population centers of the country um, receive federal funding to prepare for biological um, emergencies, public Mm. health emergencies, Um, and as a result, those those regions those population centers are required to do an exercise as a region every five years. So. A lot of the jurisdictions, a lot of the cities and, and counties within the national capital region um, do these kinds of exercises on a regular basis, Fairfax included. The health department exercises um, this kind of topic or a similar topic pretty much every year. Um, but we never do it as a region. I shouldn't say never. We do it as a region every five years because that's when we are required to mm-hmm. um, to do so as a, as a large population center. Right. So it's really a unique opportunity. You know, I, I can't recall the last time we exercised as a region to this magnitude Mm. um, where we're all opening up um, these points of dispensing or medication centers Mm. that that we use to to dispense the meds um, at all the same time and exercising a lot of the sort of decision-making and communication processes that occur throughout the region to, to all come to the consensus that it's time to dispense these medications. Okay, simple question. <laughs> How does that work, or how is that supposed to work? And, we're, and we're, again, this exercise, Capital Fortitude, is a anthrax mm-hmm. scenario. So it's responding to a release of anthrax. Yes. Um, so a, you know, the the spidey senses or the hair on my neck, you know, it kind of goes up. You know, that's a. I think people are going to be freaking out when they they hear you know anthrax and what that means, but. How is this coordination, just in Fairfax County, but then regionally, you talk about how do we decide what to do next? Kind of walk us through a little bit about that process. Sure. You know, it's a it's a complicated process. Uh, kind of big picture-wise, um, and and a lot of this we'll be exercising uh, later later on in, in July. Um, 
big picture, you're you know there are systems in place to to recognize that there has been some sort of release. Mm-hmm. There's public health surveillance and, and other systems. You know, so number one is recognition. You have to know that something has happened. Maybe mm-hmm. the maybe the perpetrator or perpetrators uh, were caught in the act. Maybe they weren't. But recognition is one of them. And then assuming that it's sort of multi-jurisdictional, which most a lot of things anyway in national capital region are because. Mm-hmm. I live in Fairfax. I work in Prince William. I, I go see my friends in Arlington. Right, We're right. all over the place right. in, in this region. So, um, you know, the recognition that it's happened and then that there are multiple counties or cities involved, mm-hmm. um, the officials from those kind of counties and cities um, essentially get on the phone with um, officials from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, Hmm. um, from, you know, governor's offices and mayor's offices, um, and talk about what happened. And, um, you know, essentially, it's sort of a trigger point that has this happened? Is it in our community? Do we have confirmed, you know, laboratory confirmed anthrax in our Mm -hmm. community? Mm -hmm. If yes, we dispense. Um, From that point forward, it's kind of working out the details. When Mm. will we start? How long will it take to get them open? You know, will we start at the same time? A lot of these kinds of um, other logistical issues in place. But um, it's essentially a series of conference calls, and it Mm -hmm. it happens very quickly. It has to happen very quickly because Mm -hmm. of how quickly you have to respond to anthrax. And, okay, talk a little bit about that. What is that? What is that? How quickly do we have to respond? So... um, Communities are sort of uh, beholden to be able to respond to anthrax um, within roughly 48 hours of the decision to do so. Um, And that's because anthrax um, causes disease relatively quickly relative to other, you know, Mm. biological agents that could be used for uh, as a biological weapon. So you have about 48 hours to um, get pills into the hands of everyone. Now, anthrax, from a response perspective, Easy is not the word, but we have some things going in our favor. Number one, it's not contagious. Hmm. So I can't pa- if I have anthrax, I can't pass it on to you. Okay. Um, number two, it's treated very effectively with antibiotics, antibiotics that are readily available hmm. um, from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Um, and if you, you know, get your pills, your antibiotics in a timely manner, um, it will prevent the disease from um, from forming in you. Okay. Um, so, so we have some things going for us. It's a little more difficult when you need to provide vaccines, um, though typically oh, okay. you have more time yeah. to do that. Okay. Um, but so, you know, we are, there's a lot that goes into it. I don't want to make it sound like it's easy, but there are a lot of things in our favor to be able to make that happen right. in, a, in a short period of well, time. Well, I think that's two excellent points you just made there. When people hear anthrax or whatever, not contagious, I mm-hmm. think that's that's one of the, the big points, and treatable with pills. Absolutely. Medication. So when you're talking about 48 hours, I think you said, to treat everyone, that's essentially getting everybody a pill or pills. That's right. Okay. So (laughs) I don't want to really dumb it down. I don't want to make it simple, but this exercise is really a lot about a logistical exercise. Logistics. Uh, That's a big piece of it. Um, You know, the other big piece of it is public messaging. You know, Hmm. again, we need the community's help. You know, a resilient community um, is incredibly important for things like this. We can go open up these medication centers, but if our community doesn't show up and if they Mm -hmm. don't take the pills that we are, you know, providing them, um, you know, it's not all in our hands, unfortunately, but to a large extent, it is, um, logistical in nature. 
Um, a lot of it is working out the timing. You know, mm -hmm. uh, like I said, those plans on paper are fantastic, but we think it takes four hours to do right. X, Y, and Z, right. and then we exercise, and it ends up that takes us eight or nine hours, mm -hmm. or maybe it only took us one when we thought it was four. Those are the kinds of things we need to figure out. Um, so we are exercising all aspects of this response. Okay. Um, so that's very exciting for us. Right. Um, we don't do all aspects of this response right. um, very commonly in exercises. Okay. So uh, we come up with a plan, exercise the plan, refine the plan, exercise it again, refine the plan, right. exercise. Train your people. Constantly. Learn that something didn't work. Right. Retrain. Okay. Yeah, it's a cycle. Okay. You mentioned these uh, medication distribution sites. Mm -hmm. um, is there what's happening there at, at those medication dispensing sites? You you mentioned that that's where folks would go to get their pills, their mm -hmm. their medications that they need. Where where are they going to be located? How do folks get there? I mean, I'm I'm assuming you know the public messaging that you mentioned. That's how they would learn where to go, et cetera. Sure. But kind of talk to me about these little these little sites or, or site. Sure. I, I'm assuming there's more than one. There are, yeah. So um, there are a variety of sites throughout the county, um, sort of pre-identified to serve as um, what we call points of dispensing or pods, hmm. uh, for short. But really, like I said, they're just these medication sites to to dispense medications. Um, where they are is kind of dependent on the emergency. There are some types of mm. public health emergencies okay. where it won't be countywide or regionwide. It may be confined to, you know, some portion of the county or gotcha. something like that. So uh, we identify the facilities at the time. Um, within a within a, a pod, um, there's it's a pretty streamlined process, uh, actually, particularly for anthrax, because we don't need to give vaccines. Um, we have antibiotics that we know are um, well taken by the community. There's a long history of medical literature showing that they're very effective, um, few side effects. So when you come to a, a pod, um, it's important to note that in a situation like this, we actually don't need to see every single person. We hmm. need to see what we call a head of household or someone who is able to pick up meds for the other members of their house, which actually okay. makes it easier on everybody. Oh, so yeah. if you have a family of four or five, you don't need to, to bring all four or five of them to the pod. You can come okay. and you can pick up for everyone else. You can pick up for your neighbors who maybe can't get oh, out wow. of the house okay. and make it to a pod. Um, so in that respect, it's very easy. You need to know just a couple of pieces of information, whether they're allergic to, you know, one type of medication or a second type of medication. Um, and then you fill out a very brief form. It's basically, you know, your name. Are you allergic to medication A? Are you allergic to medication B? And that's it. There's not the kind of traditional long form that you would mm -hmm. fill out in a, in a doctor's office or anything like that. Um, you are provided your medication, and then you're provided some education if you want. You'll have some forms that come along that explain the medication and mm -hmm. how to use it. You'll have an opportunity to speak with some nurses if you have some follow-on okay. questions or okay. concerns and things like that. Uh, we also provide language services in these points of dispensing. So, um, you know, if you speak a language other than English or Spanish, you'll be able to still receive your medication mm -hmm. um, through on-site interpreter interpreters if we're lucky to have them in the language that you need, and if not, through teleinterpreters. Interpretation, okay. interpretation through telephone okay. and things like that. Uh, we have, have counseling services and a variety of other support okay. services. The idea is to kind of get in and out, but while you're there, particularly in a, in a large emergency where there may be lines and things like that, we want to make sure people are able to stay safely, stay comfortably um, until they receive their medications. Have so. some other services in case yeah. needed. So again, as, as you just said, the point, get people in and out quickly 
with the medication that they need. That's so right. Several good points. Anthrax not contagious. Um, head of household model that mm-hmm. you just mentioned. Uh, you know, you know, you, your, your spouse, your three kids, and grandma don't all have to come. You know, just one person. Not so at all. I, I think that that's an excellent point to to bring home. I, I wanted to make sure we covered MRC, the Medical Reserve Corps. Medical Reserve Corps, which are volunteers, but then also volunteers needed for the exercise. So kind of a, a dual question there, if you sure. Will. So I'll talk about the Medical Reserve Corps first. That is the health department's um, core of volunteers who are both medical professionals and non-medical professionals. Mm. We need everyone. Um, We need doctors and nurses. We also need people who speak languages, people who can um, help us with logistics. Um, Any kind of skill set, background, experience is most welcome to Mm -hmm. the Medical Reserve Corps. Um, And so it's a longstanding organization. We're one of the first uh, MRCs uh, in the region. Fairfax is. We have a very large and robust program. And when you come volunteer for us, um, you're helping your community, which is amazing. And I hope that um, gives everyone gratification, but they, you're also getting training from us. You're getting, you know, training on, on emergency response and on topics that, you know, can potentially even help you in your career. Mm. Um, so there's a lot of opportunity there and there's a lot of opportunity to help the health department, um, both in emergencies and non-emergencies. Mm. So there's opportunities to get involved in the health department through kind of day-to-day activities and okay. field activities and okay. things like that. So, um, if anyone is interested in joining the MRC, um, we would, we would love to have you, um, you can go and visit www.fairfaxcounty.gov MRC and you learn a little bit on that website about what the MRC is and what we do. And then there's a link called Join Now and follow that link and, and join us. Okay. Uh, and that is a, a volunteer opportunity that's sort of well beyond just this exercise, although our, volu- our MRC volunteers are in the exercise as well. Mm-hmm. For the exercise, we need the help of our community. Uh, You don't have to sign up for the MRC if you don't want to, but I still encourage you to come and participate in the exercise. Um, And we really need uh, help. Um, We are looking for folks from our community to come out to our point of dispensing, which is going to be at Lake Braddock Secondary School Mm -hmm. on July 19th, that's a Friday, from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. to walk through our medication center and pretend to receive medication. you know, it, it's so incredibly important for us to to have people come do this because we can test this with small numbers all day long, and and you know that's great, and, and we'll do, learn some and stuff. do wonderful, <laughs> right? But when we have a crowd and when we see the sort of full spectrum of the needs mm-hmm. of our community, that is the opportunity we need mm-hmm. to exercise and learn what about our response plan needs to be modified so that we are meeting the needs of our community. So. Um, we have a lot of folks signed up from the community already, but I would love a lot more. So if anyone is interested in doing that, we would love to have you again Friday, July 19th from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. at Lake Braddock Secondary School. And we ask that you sign up by uh, visiting the health department's website. That's www.fairfaxcounty.gov health. And then in the search bar right there at the top of the health department's page, type capital fortitude. And the link that pops up there will provide you all the information you need to know as well as the sign-up sheet in advance. The signing up is kind of important because we email you some specific instructions. Mm, Um, People can show up. 
to without signing up, they'll they'll basically just have to sign up there oh, at see. the school rather okay. than doing it in advance. So we'd like to see you in advance if possible by following um, those instructions. And I just can't tell you how much how helpful it is that that our community comes out and does that. Mm-hmm. So I encourage um, anyone who is available to please come out and 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 help us and exercise with us that day. Well, part of part of the exercise process, as you said, is really test the system and maybe you know even put it under stress that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. So, so the more volunteers, the the better. We need it. We need to know yeah. now what we need to fix rather right. than wait to an, to an, a real emergency. Okay. So it's a two-hour window. Do folks have to volunteer for all two hours? Can they volunteer no. to walk through one time or, you know? Sure. They can come out and, and walk through one time or walk through a few times. You do not need to stay uh, the, the whole two hours. Um, but uh, if you're looking for a nice walk and to get some exercise, please uh, stay okay. the whole two hours. Okay. But you don't have to, and you can bring your family and, and children with you. Um, in fact, please do because that, that helps test us out. Um, it actually fulfills a variety of community volunteer requirements, and it fulfills one of the requirements of the Boy Scouts Emergency Preparedness Merit Badge. So we'll oh. be able to provide documentation to everyone who participates so that if they have volunteer needs in their community or through the Fairfax County Public School System, that they get some of their hours that way. Oh, cool. um, the only thing we ask is that participants under the age of 16 be accompanied by an adult. Mm-hmm. Okay. So again, the uh, three-day exercise, July 17 through 19, I think you said, yes. uh, regional-wide, county uh, participating those three days. Uh, the big thing for volunteers is on Friday, July 19th, 10 a.m. to noon, Lake Braddock Secondary School, right. I think you said. Uh, if you want to volunteer for that, fairfaxcounty.gov health and just search for Capital Fortitude. That'll take you right to the link to uh, to get registered and signed up. Uh, FairfaxCounty.gov slash emergency slash blog actually has a couple of stories and a video uh, about the exercise. If folks want some uh, more information, they can find that there. That's right. Um, final thought. We are slam out of time, but uh, anything else you want us to know about uh, health department, your shop, or this exercise? No, just um, just... Uh, we thank everybody for for uh, considering coming out and volunteering with us. We're excited to to see as many folks as we can get out there, uh, and we appreciate the support. Um, and I will remind everybody that it's hurricane season, oh. and that you should work on your personal and family preparedness. And there's all kinds of resources available on the Fairfax County's website uh, to help you get started. On That's that. right. It started June one, runs through November, so right. yeah, be prepared for that. So a lot of stuff happening in the world of health and emergency preparedness. So uh, yes, indeed, yeah, let's uh, let's all stay safe. Jesse, thanks for being with us. Thank you. That's going to do it for this edition of the County Conversation. If you want to get more news and events uh, information from Fairfax County, just go to fairfaxcounty.gov news. You can also call 703-Fairfax. That's 703-324-7329 weekdays between 8 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. Thanks again for joining us on the County Conversation, which is produced by the Fairfax County Virginia Government. <laughs>